Dark Discovery, Chapter 2. Our scene opens with the Dark Discovery pulled into a makeshift port on a small island out in the middle of the Draymouth. The sea around this island is an unnatural green color, and at its edges, which are about a quarter of a mile completely encircling the island, there is a row of dead fish that as they come into contact with this water, they pretty much die and float to the surface. And there are a number of fishermen who are in boats that go around and collect these fish. That is behind you, though, as the Dark Discovery again is in this port, and we find Cade standing on the bow, looking down perplexed. Hey, Captain. What is he, they, them doing? They're arguing between themselves whether Cranthon and Everin can go up to the temple or not. But they left to go up there an hour ago. Yep. They've been standing there arguing the whole time. Hey, where is Brendar? Oh, he's uh, down below decks, I think. And then the scene will follow Cade's gaze as we see a two-headed troll arguing with itself. Why the lazies? The mistress will make us sleep outside again. Is he saying I'm lazy? If they knew the mistress and we didn't let him up, then she'd be pissy about us and, and last time she sliced on my face. I'm going to hurt your face. And the two trolls start punching each other in the face. So Cade's gaze will lift from the troll that is currently punching itself up to the winding path that leads to the uh, ziggurat-looking structure. It's a stone-looking building, uh, almost pyramidical in its shape, uh, but it's not as elegant as that. And uh, you can hear from the ship the sounds of labor. So we will cut to Everin and Cranthon who are walking up that path. You've been walking it for probably close to an hour. It's not that far, but it's very windy and steep and slippery, so you're having to take your time. And on several places on both sides of the path, there are these sort of um, grottos that are carved into this jungle landscape that was here originally. And there's just almost like rock quarries. And just filling them are servants to the mistress who are refining the dark iron ore, which is how Everin knows this place. He has come here many times, uh, unfortunately, because uh, sometimes you have to unload dark iron ore, and there's only certain places you can do that. One of the things that you notice, both of you, is that uh, many of these workers, which are of various races, there are elves, there are humans, there are halflings, and so on and so forth, that a very high number of them are missing limbs, hands, arms, legs, uh that's pretty much the, the run of it. Uh, but they all have those magical replacements like Everin has. And um, Everin knows that handling dark iron is very dangerous and poisonous. And, of course, uh, these people are probably losing their limbs to the same thing that you did. And that is why they have these replacement limbs. So you have met the mistress before. So what are you telling Cranthon to expect when you meet the mistress? All right, Cranthon, when we get in there... Approach things gently. She's pretty sly and got a quick temper. She runs this place 
she really doesn't take a whole lot of back talk. And if possible, she'll squeeze everything out of you she can before she lets you literally wriggle away. Very well. I I think we should let you be the the voice here, and I'll just stand to the side as as you've had to negotiate for an arm yourself. It wasn't easy then, and I don't think it's going to be easy now, but I think you might be right. Perhaps you acting as my bodyguard will do us some good. She undoubtedly knows what you're supposed to be, but until someone meets you for the very first time, they have no idea what you actually are. Yes, hopefully this will put her on edge, not knowing who I am and what has happened to me, and that will give us an advantage in the conversation. Let's just hope it doesn't go the way of uh, Kate's dwarf friend like the last time. She's going to be pretty interested in you once she finds out. Very well. We'll face her when we see her. As you guys continue up the path, you start to see uh, barrels that are full of the refined ore. These are actually being pulled by teams of trolls. Uh, Most of them have some sort of deformity. Not all have two heads, but they have multiple arms, like boils and bumps and uh, tumors growing off the side of their head. These are clearly unhealthy. But the good thing about trolls is that they regenerate, and as long as you don't absolutely kill them, they will continue to work for you. Particularly when they cannot leave your island because it is surrounded by acid. After a good hour of walking, you are now at the base of this, uh, again, ziggurat-looking sort of plain uh, bricked building. And um, there is another troll guard that is standing there, and it sort of eyes you suspiciously until you notice that it actually isn't because its eyes aren't moving. They're just sort of turned at a sly angle and it doesn't even seem to notice that you have approached and will let you pass if you unless you disturb it. So I'm just walking up to this thing. Yeah, both of you guys are just basically you can just walk right past it if you want to, because you thought the troll was giving you like side eye, like checking is this, you out. Is this yeah. is this troll new to me? Uh yes, you don't recognize yeah. I mean Um so as we get to the top of the pathway, we come we see this large troll yep, in our way. There and it's wearing like um, a modicum of like almost like football pads armor just over its shoulders. It's holding like a halberd. And it's, again, it's looking, its head is facing straight. Its eyes are kind of at the side. And as you get closer, you realize that the eyes don't move, that either they're incapable, they're blind, you don't know. So it doesn't seem to have recognized you're there. So when we get to the top and we see this thing, um, I hold my hand up in a fist in front of Cranthon to stop him, and we kind of stop in our tracks for a second. And I want to look at this thing for a minute to see if it moves, recognizes us, gives any type of notice to us. Because as many times as I've been here, I've never seen this particular troll or this guard post at this point. Okay. As you get up basically right into its face, it uh, lets out kind of a cough right into your face and it um sort of blinks and um there's a almost like a a light that hovers very lightly where its eyes would be and you have a feeling that there's some sort of like magical detection going on whether the troll itself knows about it or not but you are being watched but maybe not by this thing so i get near it and so that goes off that goes off (laughs) (laughs) It didn't see us because there's no, uh, no. How is that going to work? Yeah, that's basically what will happen is when you get up next to it, that the lights will blink out and uh-huh. now you're dealing with an actual blind troll. And at that point, it will be like, Oi, what's going on here? 
<laughs> Groggy. Everin is is uh, startled because this thing could have been a statue until uh, Cranthon got close to it. Uh, so he kind of takes a step back and immediately raises his guard uh, and looks up at the troll. And then he realizes that the troll's looking in the opposite direction. We're here to see the mistress. Okay. Thank uh, you. Guess. Walk past it. <laughs> they're, they're trolls. They're not smart. <laughs> so uh, so you're able to walk past. You walk into the building. And it's it's not a very large interior. Uh, Everin, you kind of know the way. Uh, there's there's like servants on the inside. Again, uh, malformed and deformed. Different races. Most of them have these collars on or these uh, circlets that provide them with phantom limbs. Uh, but quickly enough, you find your your way right to the door, which is just an archway with almost like beads hanging down. It's like a beaded curtain, uh, and you can basically just walk in. And there you see, there's like a giant. It's not a window; it's just open. There's just like almost like a balcony, just big opening that looks sort of down out of the back side of this temple, which is where the rest of the ore fields are, which look similar to what you've already seen. And you can hear the laboring going on outside. There's some rudimentary furniture. There's an attempt at um, ostentatiousness, but it's poorly done. And they're sitting in a chair away from you, but you can see basically top of the head looking out is the mistress, who is a very old hag. So a green-skinned female, close to seven feet tall, wispy cotton candy hair, just barely a few strands of hair on top of her head. As you enter and the curtain sort of rattles, she'll turn. And just like when you saw her last time, she's completely naked. Everin will step through the beaded curtain and he'll take a couple steps forward and wait for Cranthon to get through and he'll kind of look over her shoulder. Uh, once Cranthon steps through, he will turn and look at the hag um, and take a second to swallow the vomit that just came up, uh, and he will swallow that back down. And Everin, is that you? And she'll stand, and you will see her naked form. And there's nothing sexual about her, uh, but yes, there is. Well, it's been a long time <laughs> for Cranton. It has been a long time for Cranton. <laughs> uh, but you get that as she probably does this. It's a way to get people off balance it gives her a position of power she has no shame in her nakedness but again equivalent to like a 90 year old woman just green standing before you she'll stand up hands on the desk and kind of lean over a little bit and who's that with you so that everyone doesn't have to immediately look at her i will bow and say yes it is i it's been a while and i bring my bow back up it's been too long. And she'll start walking around the desk toward you. And she, I mean, she doesn't rush. She doesn't lumber, but she walks with more agility than you would expect based off of how she looks. I mean, she doesn't walk like a 90-year-old woman, but she also isn't like rushing towards you. And she uh, she gets close and she'll put her, her hands and the really long fingers and the really long nails and she'll put them on your shoulder and she starts to lean in to kiss you. Everin will cock his head to the side and um, in like a kissing cheek motion, it, he won't actually kiss her cheek or let him let her kiss him. But he'll kind of like the closest he'll get is like touching cheeks in a mimicking a kiss motion. But you see her lips start to part and her tongue starting to come out like she's going in for a deep kiss. 
Everin will uh, stumble slightly since she's taller than he is and kind of like grab her and use her to balance him. Uh, so right, his hands will go to her elbows and kind of like keep her at arm's length distance as she tries to do that. And, uh, Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, uh, your, okay. your height is still, <laughs> your height is still something I'm not able to, uh, to adjust to right away. She will look a, a bit per- perplexed, maybe a little frustrated, but she will, uh, sort of lean back from her a- approach and then look over at Cranthon. And who is this? Yes, I'm sorry. You asked who that was. This behemoth has become my bodyguard. My recent travels have led me to acquire him, and he has come in handy. She'll uh, kind of look at you and still start to slowly just walk around you, and she'll lay out her left hand kind of lazily so that her fingers are on your chest, and she'll just completely encircle you with her hand, rubbing basically the circumference of your chest and back until mm-hmm. she gets back in front of you. Uh, she's tall. I, I don't know. I think we said you're like seven feet tall or something. I so. think he was closer yeah. to eight. Yeah. Uh, so you're. she's probably closer to your height. She still will have to tiptoe to like look into where your face would be. And she just seems to be very, very interested in you. And you get the feeling that she may be looking at you with more than just her eyes, like whether they're magical or supernatural senses. I am the mage hound of the Draymare. Pleasure to meet you, madame. So she doesn't, like, visibly react to that, not immediately, like you would have expected. You know, essentially this would be like if an inanimate object talked to you, you know, there would be sort of a jump. But she just, she'll turn her head sharply to Everin. What sorcery is this? Everin will immediately facepalm. <laughs> With your real hand or your phantom hand? <laughs> my real hand so that it makes a, a slapping noise. With her claw. <laughs> and I'll I'll take it away from my face and then shake my head. I'm sorry, mistress. He's meant to be used model. for war. My acquisition of him has uh, had some stumbling blocks, and we're still we're still learning each other. But yes, this is a mage hound. Is this for me? Sadly, no. I brought something that may interest you if uh, we can figure out what it is. But in all honesty, I come here because I'm in need of another hand. Uh, She'll look to your arm and say, We have made improvements since yours, but that one's serviceable. I would like to see those improvements, but the one I'm referring to is not for me. Someone aboard our ship recently had some bad luck, and... Uh, that's why we're here. So you need my help? Yes, mistress. We do. Well, then I think we both know what happens next. No, no, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, first, we must drink. And then we will talk business. And she will go back uh, to her sort of primitive-looking desk and sit down. And uh, she'll make sort of a gesture with her hand. And you can sort of sense magical energies being released. And her eyes dart back to Cranthon at that point. And a few minutes later, a couple troll servants come in carrying trays of basically raw meat and, like, rancid milk that's been left out. It's basically, you know, like cottage cheese at this point. 
and she sets it down and she'll just start tearing into it with her claws and drinking the milk down. It's rolling down her chin and down her chest and kind of pulling in the crease of her belly. Won't you have some? Cranton is going to walk up and pick up the drink and take it to his master. We can't have business till we've broken bread. Cranton brings the, the cup of the rancid milk back to me. It wasn't his first stop, but he realizes that, that Cranton touching it is going to hopefully nullify any type of magic spell or thing that she's got on that. I think that's the least of your worries. Yeah, well, but he did just vomit in his mouth a few minutes ago, so it's about the same thing. Yeah, I mean, it's about the same thing, so it it can't really be that bad. So he will take it uh, and... uh, (laughs) Sorry, sorry. (laughs) He'll take take it and put it to his lips. Um, He'll take a chunk and kind of slowly grind it in his teeth, letting the the bile that's come up kind of work its magic. And Roll me a constitution saving throw. DC is 15. <laughs> Two. Oh. It's not going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, what does it look like as you vomit violently back up? Uh, this milk and whatever else was in your stomach. Which Cranton probably was like, smart enough to take a step back after he handed <laughs> yeah. him the cup, by the way. Was it oyster bread or <laughs> kale bread that Cade makes? Uh, seaweed bread. Se- so seaweed bread. And steamed oysters. And steamed oysters and rancid milk. <coughs> uh, pardon me. Uh, I guess this morning's breakfast uh, just didn't mix well with your lovely gesture. I, I do so apologize. Uh, perhaps um, we can go for a walk and, and talk after you're done and, and while one of your trolls cleans this mess up. I, I do so apologize. She uh, she will laugh a little bit, more like a cackle. <laughs> That's okay. We've broken bread. We can talk business. And she will sit down at her desk and she'll now lean over and sort of steeple her long fingers and put her hand down into, like, the crevice of her thumb to her forefingers. Tell me exactly what you need. Is there a chair on the opposite side of her desk? Or yes. Am I still saying, okay. Um, everyone will walk over to the chair opposite her on the other side of the desk and sit down. Um, I'll sit back into the chair. You um, see a, a troll come in and start trying to clean up your sick. Slightly uh, slouch. You don't know how he does that. Uh, I'll cross, uh, I'll take one of my legs and put uh, my ankle up on my knee, kind of blocking the sight of the troll cleaning up my uh, my vomit. And I'll look at her as in the face as much as possible. My journeys lately have been rather odd. We have gone through um, a number of unusual trials. I've collected this mage hound, and now it looks like I've collected another traveling partner that urgently needs a hand and some medical attention. That's the most pressing issue. And how much dark iron have you brought me? Unfortunately, because of these trials, I don't have any right now. Then why should I help you? I haven't brought you any dark iron because my business in that area has had a few hiccups. But we have become smugglers, my crew and I. Perhaps there is something I can offer either to take off of your island or to bring back to your island. 
that you are in need of. As it happens, there is something you can do for me. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out therpgacademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash the RPG Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the DriveThruRPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at therpgacademy.com and reach us on social media such as Facebook and Google Plus at the RPG Academy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, the Caleb G, at the Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at the RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.